Hello, and welcome to episode 613 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan, joined by Evan Silva and Mike Leone. The NFL regular season is almost upon us. A truly great time to be alive. Evan, how's it going today? It's going well. We just got finished recording our quarterback preview for home leagues, and I was on that um, uh, the Zero Sugar Snapple, Peach Snapple. We've now moved on to the Kiwi Strawberry uh, stage of the show, so we'll see how this goes. Love the Kiwi Strawberry also. Leone, how's it going today? It's going well. Excited to talk some running backs. I know Silva and I have some different takes on some guys, so I'm interested to see how we how we view this strategy here. Yes, Leone's favorite position, the running back position. This is indeed part two of our four-part positional series. On each of these shows, we'll be covering strategy for the position, who we're targeting, sleepers, busts, etc. Two things before we get into it here. We are grinding to the nub on rankings for your draft. Not only is DraftKit Pro loaded with everything you need for your drafts, roster management, and best ball, you actually get a free $10 to play best ball on DraftKings. No strings attached, no deposit, no catch. If you buy DraftKit Pro or our bundle on ETR, you get a $10 free to play on DraftKings with. We'll be in touch by email to get you that 10 bucks, some huge, huge, huge best ball action over on DraftKings. Also, most of you probably know how I feel about sports betting. If you are going to sports bet, don't be like Silva. I'm begging you. I'm begging you to get the best available line every time. I cannot explain how big a difference it makes. If you go to the props tab on establishtherun.com, you'll see bonus offers by state. Not only will you get the best line, you'll also get paid in the form of sign-up bonuses to do so. Also in there is a promo for a $100 coupon to use on any ETR product. So check that out. All right, boys and girls. Running back position has gotten out of control. I remember a time when I was playing fantasy where the first round of a, of a fantasy draft would be like 10 or 11 running backs. Now, even in home leagues, I think we're going to see three running backs go in the first round and, and Kelsey will be in there and the rest will be wide receivers. Leone, from a strategy perspective, has this changed what you think about the running back position and what do you think about what's going on at a high level at running back in fantasy right now? Yeah, I mean, it's difficult to say, like, I think there's going to be so much variance between leagues now, too. Like, I think before, like, a lot of home leagues maybe follow a similar path, but we might see some that, like, six running backs in the first round still with, like, Saquon and Chubb and those guys in there. And we might see some with three, as you mentioned. I think what's going on in general is a combination of a few things. One, just, like, we've got these young wide receivers that have hit in a huge way in Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson the last couple of years. And then even the aging guys are st still really good. And like Stefan Diggs, Devonte Adams, Cooper cup, and, and the, that young group, I should have mentioned like CD lamb, you've got in there, Amon Ross St. Brown. So it's a combination of that. And then you look at the running back position. We've had kind of some unfortunate injuries to like Brees Hall, Javante Williams, you know, we've got some holdout stuff with Jonathan Taylor, and we just haven't had the same thing happen with the young players. And then the running backs don't age as well. So some guys have aged out. And that, along with the fact that I think running back has been generally overvalued by the market and the market's getting a little bit sharper in general, like those things are all working together to sort of drop running backs down and push wide receivers up a bit further than we've seen historically. Well, and the league has also changed. It has become more pass happy over the last decade and a half. Number one, number two, actual NFL teams have embraced 
the idea that running backs are overvalued and there aren't as nearly as many work actual workhorse backs now as there were then and you know teams are willing to embrace committee i also think that the zero rb i mean there's been influence from that even extending into home leagues because in home leagues there's always going to be you know at least three or four guys that are sort of you know part of our community and like they feel that influence and also now you know as opposed to like even even as recently as shoot six seven eight years ago more leagues were standard leagues and now i think that ppr has taken over as the um as, as the dominant scoring system yeah i think those are all really good points yeah. um, i mean i mean that's like seven or eight reasons yeah why why this has happened and just so many fewer running backs now touch the ball 300 times in a season i mean when running backs were touching the ball consistently 300 times in a season it's really easy to be excited about them now my favorite structure for this year in home leagues by far is hero running back. I do not really want to get out of the first two rounds without one of Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Bijan Robinson, Tony Pollard, Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, maybe Derrick Henry. Like I want to have one of those two guys. And then I feel like I'm set up really well at running back after that. Somebody else is going to slide to me. People are going to be reaching at running backs. I just put up the exploiting the default rankings articles. The default rankings in the apps on Yahoo and ESPN push up running backs to outrageous levels. And if you just don't reach on those guys, you're going to get some values back to you. But I do think it's important to me at least, and I want to know what you guys think. It's important to me at least to get one of those running backs in the first two rounds that I mentioned. Evan, how is important is it to you? And what are you, how are you thinking about running backs at the top structurally this year? Um, I, I mean, I, for as much as, as Leone wants to spread mis misinformation, um, I, I'm like actually really willing to like just draft the heck out of wide receivers. I, I just did that in this Apex League. And are you guys in that? The Apex, no. it's full PPR. Uh, start three wide receivers in a flex. Um, and I mean, I, I started off wide receiver times four. Yeah. And you know, to be clear, so, I'm, I'm referring and, to half PPR, just to be clear, uh, okay. like home league half PPR, I think okay. is, is more um, leans towards running back. That's absolutely fair. And, and actually, when I do my, my top 150 rankings, you know, I'm I'm higher on running backs than I'm actually willing to, to draft them because I know that people in home leagues draft running backs a little bit earlier than, you know, we do maybe, you know, quote unquote, in the industry. So um, I, I'm just I'm willing to be flexible in every draft. Like I like to like lock in a top 25, sort of stick to that you know, make my first two picks and then allow my first two picks to dictate how I'm going to go for the rest of the draft. I'm not really like tied to an, an anchor running back yeah. in the early rounds. Sure. I, I think ideally for me, I would get one of those guys. Silva seems to be okay. Still starting wide receiver, wide receiver, Leone and a half PPR 12 team. What do you think about strategy? Zero RB, hero RB, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I think the way I'm looking at things right now is I'm more pro running back than I've been in the past where through like six rounds, I probably want two running backs. And there's a lot of times in the past where I've said, you know, just take a hero running back early don't, or maybe go full zero RB. I think what we're seeing is there's a lot of wide receivers in home leagues that we're going to like at the five, six turn, you know, and we know there's going to be some that we like early. So I don't mind starting wide receiver, wide receiver, and then getting some upside running backs. I feel like there's some rookie wide receivers. You can get even beyond the sixth round that are really good bets for your bench and i'm not as into 
kind of the later round upside running backs as like in the past, I felt really confident about like Kenneth Walker, Rashad White last year. I have some guys like that, like with Jalen Warren, who I liked a lot, but not as many. So all that said, I think any of those guys you mentioned, Adam, um, like at the one, two turn, like Bijan, Tony Pollard, Nick Chubb, all look really good to me in half PPR. I'm kind of torn on that, whether I want to go that way, but I think we're seeing some young running backs with a lot of ceiling dip too, though, into like the third through fifth rounds, you know, Travis Etienne, Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker. So I do kind of maintain that flexibility that Silva talked about just because I think you can get quite a bit of ceiling with those guys still with a wide receiver, wide receiver start. But I'm more actively trying to have my two starting running backs with a ceiling from day one than I have been in the past. Yeah. I mean, Getting something like Ramondre Stevenson in the middle of round four and Brees Hall in the middle of round five, if I knew that I could get that for sure in a home league, I would start, I would look to start wide receiver, wide receiver. I, I just, I don't know. In a home league, I don't know that I can, right? Because running backs are going to go it's so much tougher, higher. For sure. Yeah. Um, but I would, I guess I would throw like around five J.K. Dobbins, you know, Javante Williams round six into that mix where I think those guys are worth taking as your RB2, but I would want, probably a more solidified one. So I'd probably take one RB in the, in the first two rounds in, yeah. in most of the time. And I know you love Tony Pollard. I had Davis Maddock on established edge who loves Tony Pollard. He's the guy that slips into the second round a little bit that you can grab. Uh, Evan, in the past, it's been very clear that dead zone running backs were bad bets generally. However, Leone just mentioned a bunch of them that go in what used to be known as the dead zone. We're talking about JK Dobbins, uh, Brees Hall technically goes in the red zone now, Kenneth in the dead zone now, Kenneth Walker, uh, Aaron Jones goes in there in that range. Damian Pierce goes in that range. Alexander Madison, who I think Evan and I are both pretty optimistic about his workload, at least uh, goes in that range. Now, my point, I guess, on all the dead zone stuff is that in previous iterations of fantasy football, these guys would be going in round two and round three. They've now been pushed back to round four, five, six, when maybe they shouldn't be. So Evan, what do you think about this middle range of running backs here, guys like Kenneth Walker, Alexander Madison, Najee, Damian Pierce, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I like it. You know, I, I really like it. Damian Pierce is a guy who stands out to me. Alexander Madison is going to get a ton of touches in, you know, what last year was a top nine offense. And I think got better during the off season the, the Texans are going to be better. I mean, they're, I don't think they're going to be good necessarily, but I mean, they're going to be better than last year. We've had Brandon Thornhon. He, he really likes their offensive line. Um, I like Aaron Jones also in that range. I think that he is the best player on the Packers offense. I think that, you know, he's not going to have full workloads, but he's going to get like they're going to manufacture stuff to make life easy on Jordan Love. And a clear cut way to do that is to try to get the ball consistently to Aaron Jones. And then I've been high throughout the process on Kenneth Walker. I've come off him just a little bit but he showed such explosiveness last year the Seahawks I think would prefer to feature a running back as to as to uh rather than I mean that, that's what they've always done under Pete Carroll whether it be you know Marshawn Lynch or last year before Rashad Penny got hurt it was Rashad Penny and then it was Kenneth Walker uh, Kenneth Walker after that I think that their coaching staff like believes in that old philosophy you want a running back to get into a rhythm so you feed him a bunch of carries I think that that's what they want to do with Kenneth Walker um 
the most important thing for me at running back that I, I personally want to ha- hammer home, and I don't know if you guys agree with me or not. If you look at the default rankings in the apps on ESPN and Yahoo, this tier of guys like Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, uh, Miles Sanders, um, Najee Harris, I mean, they go outrageously high. You could not pay me to take those kind of players over Brandon Ayuk, Big Mike Williams, Christian Watson, Drake London, Jerry Judy, DJ Moore, who I don't even like, but he goes so late. And my point being that when comparing running back to wide receiver in that part of the draft, to me, that's where the biggest disparity is. If I can get a round six, Drake London, a round five, Jerry Judy, a round six, Christian Watson, I am never, ever, ever taking running back there. I will just wait and take some guys later that we'll talk about in a second. To me, that is the most important thing that I think I can say on this podcast. I think it just helps so much structurally to where you can take two running backs in the first four or five rounds, like Leone said, and still have a loaded wide receiver room yeah. in a homely draft. So do you agree with that, Leone? Any more thoughts there? Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I note that when you are taking a running back, make sure that the ceiling is quite incredible. Um, something Pat Corain talks about a lot is like legendary running back upside. And I sometimes don't go, I'm not as strict with that as he might be, but I do think, you know, it's tough if you're passing on, you know, a stud wide receiver for Anaji Harris, who maybe has a three down role, but doesn't have a ton of efficiency upside. We don't know how good the team's going to be and could be in a timeshare. Like the, the risk reward there isn't good. Now, you want to take Jameer Gibbs at the three, four turn where they just spent early draft capital on, they have a ton of high value touches at the running back position in Detroit and he can gobble up a ton of catches and he can break a bunch of big plays. Then yeah, that, that makes sense to me. But to your point, you know, you get to Christian Watson versus Cam Akers. You got to start thinking through these two V twos and the ceiling on Christian Watson is a lot higher then it's going to be for a guy like Cam Akers. That is a laughable debate. I mean, geez, it's Christian Watson versus Cam Akers, my God. Um, and the reason, Evan, that I'm so adamant about skipping that range is because I actually like the next tier of running back. And I'm talking about James Cook, David Montgomery, DeAndre Swift, who I've started to feel a little bit better about lately, Alvin Kamara, Pacheco, Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, Zach Charbonnet, AJ Dillon. Like that next range in there to me is actually pretty strong and so to me that's why i skip over that range in favor of the elite wide receivers that go in that previous range of running back evan how do you feel about that tier there are you okay with them as maybe your second or third running back as we get into like that james cook and below range definitely number three i think it's a stretch to rely on these guys as number twos david montgomery stands out to me he's going to jump right into that jamal williams role probably ain't going to score 17 touchdowns like jamal williams did but he could score 10 and catch 35 passes and be an RB3 who you use as a, as a confident RB2 during bye weeks. James Cook, you know, we've talked a lot about him recently, and I just, you know, I, I, I feel like at the end of the day, I always talk myself out of him because of the Josh Allen factor, because there is going to be another RB active in that backfield. How many passes is he really going to catch that's supposed to be his strength? You know, and how many goal line opportunities is he going to get? Like Dave Montgomery, I think, can can catch a decent number of passes and get the goal line stuff. And then I like Antonio Gibson, who, you know, as Sam Howell has continued to kind of prove himself, 
I have more confidence in that offense. Um, Antonio Gibson, we know can play in the passing game. And I think is considerably more explosive than Brian Robinson. And I'm looking at the ADP on fantasy pros, which I think is a decent reflection of home leagues. And um, Brian Robinson is going ahead of Antonio Gibson. I have Antonio Gibson considerably ranked considerably higher than Brian Robinson. Yeah, I'm a little higher on Robinson than Evan is, but I like both of them right now. I like both Gibson uh, and Robinson. Let's get to sleepers at the running back position. I don't think that there's necessarily sleepers in today's day and age in the NFL. Like, uh, is James Cook a sleeper in today's day and age? A absolutely not. David Montgomery, absolutely not. Uh, Antonio Gibson, absolutely not. And then you start to get into really thin guys. People try to force themselves into the sleeper thing. So they would just say, Later round, guys, we like. I'll start in the Miami backfield with Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. I'm worried about Devon A-Chain's progress. I'm worried about this shoulder injury that he already has. It's just a rough start to a rookie year, and he's so small already. I think they will be efficient running the football. And so if you need some early season production on your team, I think both Mostert and Jeff Wilson go very, very, very late. Leone, any later round guys you want to throw out at the running back position yeah i do like jalen warren quite a bit you know it's the bat against Najee. you know thinking that he's the more explosive player and he's going to start to take over and maybe it's like a zeke pollard situation from last year where when it happens i don't think anybody would be surprised it might not happen as quickly as we want it to but i think it's a good bet to make really late in your drafts and then a little bit earlier i just you know I like a guy like Javante Williams or Brees Hall that have these really high ceilings, perhaps a bit better than these guys that might be a little bit safer, a bit more volume dependent. But if you do want a safe guy, you you kind of hit on David Montgomery, Adam. I like him. And I think both you guys are right on with the Washington backs, especially if you're in a league where you do start super wide receiver heavy and maybe you didn't draft an RB2 early. I love taking those players that give you startability right away, but then they each have kind of like contingent upside over the other. Yep, agreed. Evan, I mean, the ADP on some of the guys, sleepers that we liked early in the year, guys like Tank Bigsby, Kenny Gainwell, the ADP has spiraled a bit out of control on them. But if it was a home league, I would say you might still be able to sneak Kenny Gainwell, Tank Bigsby through much later than you would in a very competitive league. That said, any sleepers you want to mention at the running back position, Evan? I, I would definitely agree with that. And I like Tank Bigsby as a sleeper. I think he's got a chance at some standalone value behind Travis Etienne, potentially getting short yardage goal line work, potentially working in in the passing game. And then if something happens to Travis Etienne, I think Tank, Big, Tank Bigsby absolutely smashes because he's going to end up being the clear number two in Jacksonville. Um, Tyler Algier, I like a lot. I, I fully buy into the Arthur Smith running system. I think that Tyler Algier, who, hey, he just ran for a thousand yards last year as a rookie. I think he's going to end up with a lot more carries than people anticipate. He's going really late in drafts. Jarek McKinnon always goes way later than he should in drafts to the point where I, I had him ranked like crazy aggressively at first. I had to bring him down because his ADP is so low because it was just, it was almost out of touch to have him that high relative to ADP. And I still get him a ton. He's going to play a ton in the Kansas City offense. He's definitely going to dominate passing downs they trust them big time I know that like there's a lot a lot of people really want Isaiah Pacheco to really take over I don't think that's going to happen I think that they're 
you know, there, there's it's, this is going to be a two man backfield, and Jarek McKinnon actually could end up out snapping Isaiah Pacheco, which he did last year, even during the half of the season where Pacheco was playing really well. I mean, it's impossible for Pacheco to dominate the backfield because McKinnon is getting every third down snap, like period. Like McKinnon's going to be out there, I think, for every third down snap. Let's and he's going to play in a lot of scoring position situations yep. too. When it comes I mean, to- he scored 11 touchdowns last year. Yeah. He ain't going to do that again, but I mean, I think he, he could score five or six. Bust for me, I mean, at the running back position, it's really easy to call bust because, quite frankly, they fail so, so often, get injured uh, so, so often. I could name a bunch here. The one that sticks out to me is Miles Sanders, who's going with an ADP of 49 in home leagues, which is completely mind-boggling to me. I don't think people realize what going from Philly's run scheme and offensive line and quarterback play and offensive environment to Carolina is, is going to be to Miles Sanders. I think he's good and not great running back. He's not just going to ele- elevate and gain stats out of thin air like some of these other guys can. And I think the pass game stuff from his rookie year is a bit overblown. So yeah, I mean, Miles Sanders for me is a, is a pass. I prefer Damian Pierce. If I was going to take running back in that range, which I wouldn't, but if I was, I prefer Damian Pierce. I prefer JK Dobbins. I prefer Javante Williams to miles sanders leone any bus you want to mention i'll go with james connor who i think is going to go too early in home leagues because the job is clearly his and we've seen you know some decent performances from him historically but it's a running back on a really bad team who has you know shown some injury risk historically hasn't shown a ton of efficiency. And those are just the type of bets that are just really easy to pass on. He might start off fine because he gets a ton of volume out of the gate, but Mm -hmm. come the second half of the season, I think you're really going to wish you took a higher ceiling bet, whether it's at running back or wide receiver where he's going right now in drafts. Yeah. I mean, never, I would never take, I never take James Conner. I'm just, what is the point of having him play that second half of the year and like touch the ball 20 times? It's just no point for this team. Evan, any busts you want to tell the people about? Oh, I was going to say James Conner. Um, that's just a disaster waiting to happen in Arizona. I think that you could make the same argument against Cam Akers. Um, although there is a place in the draft where I'm willing to take him, it's got to be around at least around behind his ADP. Um, uh, uh, Javante Williams still scares me um, because he's coming off a triple knee ligament tear. And I think that even in a best case scenario, he's gonna be he's gonna be a timeshare back with Samaj P. Ryan. DeAndre Swift scares me because I just don't know how, how many touches he's gonna get. I don't know how many touches he can handle. Um, the Eagles are intent on playing Kenneth Gainwell in two minute hurry up situations. That would be critical for DeAndre Swift's fantasy value. And then you got the tush push and you got Rashad Penny near the goal line. So. I think DeAndre Swift is going to have an explosive season, but I think that he's going to handle maybe like nine to 12 touches per game. And I don't think that they're going to be a particularly high value. Even, even last year, like the Eagles threw to running backs at the lowest rate in the league. And that's such a significant part of his game. So I was completely with Evan. I was out on DeAndre Swift completely lately. I've been taking him in like the eighties only because there's so much like negative Rashad Penny rhetoric out of there out of the Eagles camp and I don't necessarily buy it all but there is like been some negative stuff on Rashad Penny and if DeAndre Swift does get some base work or a lot of base work I think that would be okay for him in the 80s but yeah I I totally agree with Evan that was what I was thinking from the beginning on DeAndre Swift all right that's gonna do it for the running back 
portion of this podcast series. We'll be back next time to hit wide receivers for Evan, for Leone, for producer Luke. I am Adam. Good luck, everybody. Mm-hmm.